really comes down to having the right systems in place. And there are a lot of e-commerce platforms out there that make this choice for you. So those SaaS-based solutions, you don't really have a lot of control over this. So this is oftentimes a point where I'm having to talk to a merchant and say, hey, it's great that you launched on a SaaS, you grew really fast, you proved out your business model, but if you really want to kind of scale to that next level of your business, you're going to have to move somewhere where you have a little bit more control. All right. Well, howdy, howdy, and welcome to Commerce Today. It's another one of our great episodes. My name is Darren, and as always, Josh is here to uh, to bring us some fantastic insights that merchants can use today. So uh, with that, we're going to be talking about scaling direct consumer brands and the systems, the challenges, all of the fun that can happen. And it sounds like it's kind of fast-paced and pretty cool here. So Rock, rock it out there, Josh. Yeah, I think it's cool, but <laughs> I, I pretty much think all of e-commerce is cool. So, um, well, first of all, something I forgot to mention to you, but I want to mention the audience is today, for the first time, I am really going to pay attention to our chat. So if you are watching this live, want to send in a question, in theory, I will be able to see it. We're going to check back at the end of the episode, see if there's any uh, questions or comments for us to address. Awesome. But, Jumping right back in, um, yeah, we're going to talk about scaling in D to C e-commerce, and specifically, you know, I've seen some direct consumer brands that hit these inflection points where they suddenly grow almost overnight, and there's some challenges there. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that can really hit some big things. It, uh, how do you handle that overnight scaling with with your systems, with your customer story and the customer journey and what that looks like and how it affects that. It can be, it can be pretty, pretty challenging. So with that, let's go into kind of some specifics around some of those challenges when you're scaling that D to C e-commerce. I mean, what happens when you have that, like you just said, the proverbial, we'll call it the flash sale. Now what happens? Yeah. And there's, there's actually, so we're not going to shame any brands today, (laughs) um, but there are some very specific ones I have in mind, some firsthand experiences, both uh, from the consumer side and the consulting side. Um, And yeah, one of the brands I'm thinking of, um, trying to think of how much I can say without giving them away, but basically they sell um, really popular baby clothing and uh, having two young kids at home, um, me and my wife, mainly my wife, spend a lot of time uh, shopping for baby clothing. Um, Sometimes more time than probably needed, but we're not going to go there. Um, And there's this brand, it's funny, it's the brand that I've heard about the most, both positively and negatively from my wife. And so I I dug into it and it's because they do these flash sales. And then I think even bigger than that, they do these drops where they'll have a limited edition print. They're only going to make it once. They're only going to sell it once. And they'll tell you, you know, hey, Monday at 9 a.m., we're going to make it live on the website, get in there, order it, because when it sells out, it's gone. And the challenge with that is... Um, more often than not, I'm hearing about how she wasn't able to complete the purchase because the site crashed while she was trying to buy, which, yeah, not the best customer experience. But then it, it gets worse because at first they were just sending out apology emails saying, hey, it was so popular. We're so sorry. We're, we're working on our website. But then my wife and some of the other moms she talked to about this noticed that it's not only that the site's crashing, it's that bots are getting in there and are buying the products first and you have these scalpers that basically oh. buy these limited edition products and then list them on Amazon at two, four, five times the price. And so now this brand that is 
Otherwise, a great popular direct-to-consumer brand is getting this reputation of, hey, you're going to have a bad time on our website, and if you want to buy our products, go pay basically these scammers out there um, that are charging quite a bit more. So that's that's not good. Yeah, yeah, that is well, that is not good. And talk about a uh, a buying population that you really don't want to irritate because uh, they will they will rally and they could show up on your doorstep. But that's probably another episode anyway. Well, what's another one of the challenges that uh, that a D to C that's scaling in this e-commerce world? What 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 else might they run into? I mean, that's the biggest things that I usually see is one form or another of challenges of not being able to keep up with your growth. And so site traffic, sites crashing, sometimes it's even on the fulfillment side of, hey, great, we sold 10,000 of these overnight, but how do we get them out the door and out to the consumers? But I really feel like the the thing that I see hurt brands the most is that basic, keep your site up, allow people to be able to purchase. Um, when that doesn't work, when that fails, like in this example um, that I gave earlier, they're probably not even necessarily losing revenue, but they're losing out on their brand image. They're losing out on that customer trust. In the short term, they say, hey, we sold out, so we hit our numbers. But I think in the long term, they're kind of risking their long-term profitability. They are. And and looking at that from the business side, those are, those are things that are hard to see mm-hmm. because – they're going to be watching that bottom line. They're going to see the numbers and say, hey, wow, we're, we're knocking it out of the park. And this is where if they don't have some strong values around customer service and, and their brand, that could definitely bite them later on. Well, what's, uh, what's a way that we can, we can help the merchants that maybe have run into this? Maybe they've experienced this. Maybe you're experiencing it right now. What are some things that they can do? Yeah, so this is this is the part I love because this is where we can get real technical. Um, and it really comes down to having the right systems in place. And there are a lot of e-commerce platforms out there that make this choice for you. Um, so those SaaS-based solutions, you don't really have a lot of control over this. So this is oftentimes a point where I'm having to talk to a merchant and say, hey, it's great that you launched on a SaaS, you grew really fast, you proved out your business model, but if you really want to kind of scale to that next level of your business, you're going to have to move somewhere where you have a little bit more control. And that that can be a platform as a service type setup. That can even be um, an on-premise system that you deploy into the cloud. I know we had an episode way back in the early days right. explaining all those items. Um but I think once you have control over your technology and once you have control over that that hosting stack and environment, you can do so much more. So we had a client that um, during the pandemic, actually, due to some changes they made in their business, they literally overnight saw a massive increase in orders and in sales. And we discovered that as soon as their site hit about 5,000 simultaneous kind of carts being built out, just crash. It just, it, it couldn't handle it. Wow. And that's not good at all. No, they were excited because, hey, <laughs> that was the most people had ever tried to buy from them. But once they realized, hey, this is a sustained thing, we got to figure this out. So because they weren't on a SaaS platform, we were able to do some really cool stuff kind of behind the scenes. We actually set up a split database environment. So there's multiple different databases that are used for different things. That way, basically traffic, when someone's just viewing the site, they're having effectively no performance impact on the people that are trying to actually complete checkout and vice versa. Interesting. How does it, how does it know the difference? Magic. 
Okay. No. That's, that's a whole other episode <laughs> that's, that's going to take much, much longer. So. I'm just, for the, for the non-technical yeah. side of this showcase yeah. here, I wanted to... That's an interesting one of how do you how do you know that? But. Yeah, basically a little bit, and even it goes back to our last episode where there was a little bit more I could have covered around load balancers, and those are right. just things that sit in front and kind of intercept the web traffic and decide where it's going to go. Um, there's some things you can do there, but even within the code, there's basically ways you can say, okay, this is, I mean, the simplest thing is, are you reading to the database or are you writing to the database? And you can kind of decide, okay, if we're writing, we're going to go over here. If we're only reading, we're going to go over there. And that kind of filters those things out. Interesting. Well, that's that's key. That means, again, going back many episodes and really looking at, at one point, we talked about budgets and talked about how do you plan this all out. This is that planning. You're now starting to to see this come full circle in that if you don't plan it right, you are going to hit problems. And there's always going to be problems. But there are solutions, but again, it's going back to that pre-planning and thinking about how you want to handle it. Oh, and I forgot the best part of that story. Um, So after we split the database, because that's the part I get excited about. The part the client got excited about is they went from crashing at 5,000 simultaneous um, carts to easily handling over 12,000. And we actually more than doubled it. Oh, yeah, more than doubled it. We don't know what the upper limit is yet just because they haven't reached it. So, and this was with... um, a fairly sizable investment in servers, um, but not as much as you would think, and definitely not as much consulting or development time as you would think. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think there's a, uh, a case study that may talk some about that somewhere. All right. Well, so let's talk about the first problem. You talked about the baby clothing and that kind of situation. How would I know I have a problem? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be all my customer service mm-hmm. pieces. So the second challenge, how am I going to know that's a problem? Well, I'm going to lose money, right? Yeah, yeah. But am I going to know where the problem is based on those two, just those two functions? So my customer service manager here comes and starts yelling at me saying, we got everybody's irritated and they're going crazy. Um, And we're saying, why? Well, they can't get it. Well, hey, we sold it. We sold our stuff. Hey, this is what we wanted to do. How would we know, you know, the bots? How would we know some of those things? And a lot of that is where your side of the house comes in more than my side. Um, I'm the non-technical side, in case you're wondering. (laughs) And you're the business side, (laughs) which, uh, as I am often reminded, is as important, if not more so, than the technology. But um, it's really having a good manager that, and it's funny, I I was having lunch with an e-commerce manager at a a fairly big e-com operation last week, and we were talking, and he said, yeah. Yeah, if you if I had to summarize all of my interactions with customers, not all, but majority of interactions with customers, it's literally I don't like your website. And then it's he has to peel back, well wait. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like do you not like was the product you wanted out of stock? Was the site not working? Like there's a big difference there. Um and depending on what that difference is, that determines even who you need to talk to next. So stuff's out of stock. That really doesn't have anything to do with the website. That's your inventory, your purchasing, your replenishment team. But the website's crashing. Well, yeah, you need to talk to your your technical team and your e-commerce department. Well, but even then, you're talking to the technical side, but they've got to dig in enough to realize that, okay, there's not anything maybe truly broken with the code, but it's the capacity and how people are hitting it. And then realize that, okay, it's not that the code's bad, but it's not 
created in a way that's that's efficient. And by splitting this database and having multiple databases and the load balancing, all of that then created this opportunity to be able to have virtually sky's the limit. Obviously, I'm sure there's a limit, but to really make that change. And I'm thinking more of the customer service side because I, to me, I see that as a much harder one because unless somebody in customer service really digs in and realizes that, hey, real people are irritated, but none of... You know these bots or these where where is the 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 product going, mm-hmm. and how do we find out? Yeah, and that's where um, hadn't planned on mentioning specific tools, but I will <laughs> say that um, and these are pretty well known in the e-commerce space. This is nothing new, but New Relic and Nobu are two different tools that we've used that just allow you to see, especially if you have okay customer services reporting these complaints from customers around these times, then you can go into those tools and you can say, okay, on the technical side, what sort of weird things or errors or delays did we notice? And I know, for instance, I've used New Relic before to kind of track down and say, okay, wait, this this is a bot, this is a bot, this is a bot. Okay, we have kind of a bot problem on our site right now. And that's crazy that they can, the bots can get through, but I everybody's so smart, they can figure out a ways to to get through all of that. Well, in summary, kind of wrapping the, putting the bow on this, what are, what are the takeaways that three to five things that as a merchant and a manager of, of that merchant owner, what do I need to know, Josh? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I think actually you, you've already given some great advice and some great answers. And that is uh, in that connection between, you know, your customer service department and your other departments of, you know, if everyone's off in a silo, if your customer service department's just sitting over there going, oh, we're having to deal with more people that are ticked off about the website, I hate the website, and never tells anybody about what's going on, you're never going to get to the bottom of it. So you have to have kind of healthy communication between your teams and, and that whole business side of things. On the the technical side, um, it's tough, especially if you are in a, if your experience comes from the business side of things. And you're approaching things from the business side of things and you go out and you try to buy a new e-commerce platform, they are all going to tell you, we can scale as far as you need to go. Right. Your site's not going to crash. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. You're never going to have any problems. Like everybody says that. And that's where I go back again, many episodes that I've said this of kind of the the freedom and the, the ability to own and control your data and your destiny that you can't get with SaaS. Like I would say if you think you're going to scale like this, realize that if you start with a SaaS platform, you are giving up, you're getting a lot of convenience, but you're giving up that control. And at some point you may need to migrate off and really just be aware of where are you in that process and in that kind of life cycle of a D2C brand of, okay, are we still kind of the the starting out, we're comfortable on SaaS, or are we hitting these limits and need to look at something where we have more control? And the last piece I would add to this, because you brought up a point, Josh, a great one about, you know, the e-commerce manager here is, why well, I hate your website. And we even had a situation just earlier today where you, we were looking at a website and I said, that is exactly why I wouldn't buy there. And I would go to a, well, we'll call it an Amazon or whatever, just because of convenience, because it was hard. But Why? And this is the advice that I would give to, to those from the business side is as much as possible, maybe at times, put your com- customer service people and the technical people in the same room and then be willing to facilitate a five whys question of why, 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 and dig, dig deep. 
because that's where you'll peel back that onion. That's very true. That may be where the magic's at. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Here's all the magic. Uh, again, as always, really happy to have you on board. Did we have any questions as we cruise through here, Josh, before we call we, it a day? We did not, but I do want to encourage you, if you have a question, as you maybe listen to this uh, later, send it in to us, reach out to us, whichever social media channel you are finding us on, you can reach out there, um, because we are actually putting together over on the, the creativity side of things a about a 30-page in-depth guide around some of these common e-commerce challenges. Um, so definitely invite you to continue to follow us on social where you can find that, but also send in your questions, the things that you are running into as your business is scaling, and not just for D2C. We're actually going to look at um, omni-channel, multi-store retailers. We're going to look at some larger B2B brands, and then we're going to look at the D2C challenges. Yeah, the B2B with the big catalogs, yeah. that, that kind of area, absolutely. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing from you uh, for the next time. And until then, take care. Have a great day.